Welcome to Bancroft's Broadcasts, the school podcast where we talk to staff, parents and pupils to find out more about the school and its community. This is the place to keep up to date and in touch with our school. So let's get into this episode of Bancroft's Broadcasts. Simon Marshall is head at Bancroft School and Joe Leyburn is head of Bancroft's Prep School. With Simon and Joe, we're taking a look back at the last academic year, as well as taking a glimpse at the summer ahead. Simon, Joe, hello there. Good afternoon to you, Clive. Good afternoon. Brilliant. So glad you could join us both. Lots to talk about. Really hoping we can just take a little bit of an opportunity today to to look back at the school year. We're nearing the end of the academic year. It seems like a nice time to to, to pause and reflect and and get some thoughts from both of you about how the year's been at Bancroft's. So uh, let's let's begin. If I were to say to you both, uh, take stock of of the way things are right now at the school, the way things feel, and maybe how they felt all those months ago in September when possibly we were still bouncing back from that strange pandemic way of life. Any reflections to start with on, on, on what's different now to how it was in September 2021? Joe, what are your thoughts? Well, our mission statement in September, when we sat down as a staff and said, what's this year going to be all about? Very much we had in mind, we want to get our school back. I mean, we looked at our calendar from before the pandemic and it was it was exhausting. It was uh, incredible to see all the things we used to do in terms of fixtures, in terms of plays, in terms of trips, in terms of all the things as a busy school that we did. And we were really determined not to let that slip. Once we could do those things again, we wanted to do them again. And I feel that this year has been really important in reinstating, rebooting certain things, but getting back to where we were. But I think one of the things that's been really significant for us is a sense of a community coming back together again, because parents particularly haven't been allowed in the school. Kids have been in bubbles. And the the fact that we are all together again, whether that be in an assembly or whether it be waiting for a particular event to start and parents standing around chatting to each other, it feels like we're back together again. And that's been the most significant thing in this year, I think. Simon, looking particularly maybe at the life of the senior school, would that reflection from Joe there mirror your thoughts? Yeah, exactly the same. Um, One of the frustrations of last year was that um, year groups had to be separated from each other. Uh, And anyone who knows schools like ours knows that so much of what's worthwhile um, is what's shared between different year groups and the opportunities for children of different ages to collaborate and work together whether it's on a dramatic production, whether it's um, on a share, you know, on CCF um, and, you know, with just clubs and societies. So many of the things that we wanted to do that were so vital to the education uh, of the children here have been so limited. And so therefore, as Joe says, the fact that uh, pupils could now mix freely with pupils from different year groups, you know, it took a while for us to be able to dispense with face covering. So for me, and obviously that's not an issue that Joe had in the prep school, but for me, it was wonderful to finally actually see people's faces. Of course. Uh, and actually see people smile. Uh, and that's something I think we've all missed. We've, we've all learned to smile with our eyes, um, but um, actually to, to see children. The other thing is that for some children, it's pretty much two years since you've seen their face. Gosh. Uh, and particularly in the senior school, um, in some cases, they're about a foot taller uh, <laughs> and they've grown a beard in the meantime. So, you know, that's been one of the pleasures that this sense, as Joe says, of a community, f- you know, at last properly being able to act as a community. I think the other thing that, you know, w- we've just had our public exams in the senior school both our GCSEs and A-levels have taken place. Now, 
you know, it might seem a strange thing to celebrate, but the fact that children who've worked all year towards these really demanding tests can actually sit down and do them under the expected and normal conditions uh, that children you know, before the last two years have been able to take them under, I think is um, really refreshing. The challenge for them, though, is that this is, I think, as many people have read in the papers, the most competitive year ever um, for university applications uh, because there's a huge backlog because of the grade inflation that came came as a, came about from centre assessed and teacher assessed grades. So. In the senior school, we're conscious that, yes, much as it's been wonderful to get back as a community, um, it's not back to normal as such. And there's still a sense that we do need consciously to rebuild after the experiences that children have been through. They have missed, um, I think, less learning um, that they've missed. It's the socialisation. It's the engagement with one another. And I think, you know, we've overdone it these last this last month of, of the summer term and we've got so many things going on that i think we, we were a bit over enthusiastic because we finally can do all these things um we decided to try and give them a go um so i think the other thing is this last 10 days of term um is going to be pretty frenetic and exciting at the same time that's really interesting to hear you've made observations there both of you are around what's changed and what's returned back to normal in the school. But alongside those considerations about how we study, how we learn, how exams operate, the thing that you've both of you stressed there is it's that return to community. It's that return to talking, seeing, discussing, doing things together. That almost seems like the, the, the thing that you've missed the most and the thing that you both seem so pleased that the school can return to. Now, you mentioned, Simon, there about life returning to usual. You mentioned dramatic productions. You mentioned school plays. Fill me in on those. What's been going on in terms of the, the, the dramatic productions that I know are really appreciated and enjoyed at Bancroft's? Well, last week we, um, we had our junior play. Um, and normally that would be for our first three year groups. But uh, we, were, we were aware that our year 10s, our, our upper fourth, had missed that opportunity. So it actually spanned four year groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and we put Oliver on, which... Um, I think, as everyone know, it's a sort of, well, Dickens doesn't really pull his punches uh, in sort of the depiction of Victorian London. Um, sure. And um, it's, it's a, I mean, you, you, you might say these days it should have a trigger warning with a number of different issues that it deals with. Um, having said that, Lionel Bart's music and the songs and the lyrics um, are absolutely brilliant. And it was a joyous occasion. Um, and I've rarely seen a cast of a school play that exuded such energy, enthusiasm, vitality, and just sheer joy at the fact that they can be on stage and perform with one another. And as you said, the the different year groups being able to actually interact together, collaborate, that sounds like a really healthy thing for the children to enjoy as well. And it's not just on stage, it's, it's those that are working backstage. It's pupils, for the first time, being able to operate their first lighting set as well. The stage managers, the people doing makeups behind the scenes, all the the various different elements that go to make a full dramatic production, you know, the musicians who've been rehearsing and so on, all of these elements coming together. It's just wonderful. So it's, it's been a huge highlight. So while the children at junior age were enjoying their production of uh, Oliver, Joe, what was going on in terms of the prep school? So Matilda, we were all about Matilda for a week. We had two casts uh, from our year six pupils. 
it was amazing. Fantastic. Uh, the production values, the production values were absolutely extraordinary. It was a, a visual feast. It was a feast for the years as well with all the wonderful songs. But it was just so great for those children to be able to perform again, uh, to be able to perform in front of their parents, their, their, their friends, their families, and indeed the whole school. Because when we've been in bubbles, performance has not always been something that you can do for everybody. And I think what was so great about Matilda um, as I say, the, the the level of performance was extraordinary by both casts, and and, and the, the work that went into it was it was it was there for all to see in terms of the outcome. But I think what was really lovely is it just reminds you that it's plays, it's things like that. It's like a child delivering their lines, singing their song on the stage. That is so much part of what education is all about. Long after children perhaps have forgotten some of the fantastic maths, English, history, geography lessons that we've taught them, they will remember that moment, and their parents will too. And it's those sorts of things those life skills, those life experiences that they end up drawing on as they go through our school, as they go on through the senior school and as they go on into their their future lives. Wonderful. So, of course, alongside the excellent, enjoyable side of school life, there's also other challenges, aren't there, in terms of ensuring standards across the school uh, as they should be. Any reflections on how that's been over the last few months? Well, I think Joe and I, I think as both of mice alluded to in earlier podcasts, uh, we've had the, uh, I suppose you could say the word threat of inspection. Um, you could say just the, the fact of inspection has loomed over us uh, since 2020. Mm. Uh, we were anticipating it either during that spring term back in 2020 or in the summer term of 2020. Um, and so it finally arrived uh, in the, just after half term um, in the spring this year. So from our perspective, it's something that we tried to prepare for, obviously, as much as, as, much as we could. Um, but again, it was very important this year that staff simply just prepared to get the school running and, and get things operating properly. So we've tried not to let it over dominate what we do. Uh, in the mm. end, what we do is for children. The good thing is with this type of inspection, it very much focuses on pupil achievements, mm -hmm. uh, the quality of pupil achievements, uh, and the quality of pupils' personal development. And I think those two categories um, are actually quite valuable because rather than sort of over scrutinizing, um, you know, what a department does or a, mm -hmm. an individual sort of senior leader, it's all focused on, well, what are the pupil doing? How does it impact? How does that education mm. bring out the best in children? So in that, in that sense, it's about us sharing with the inspectors what we do, um, what we enjoy, what we're trying to do, and then they form judgments about it. Joe, I mean, I think that was probably what you felt in terms of, of, of going into this as well. Yeah, of course. In some ways, you're thinking we're just coming out of a pandemic. The last thing we want is an inspection on top of that. And that, that's how it transpired. At the same time, I think we were ready for it. We felt we were ready for it. We knew based on our previous inspection that uh, we were we were felt to be excellent last time around and we felt we should be judged that way again but you don't want to take anything for granted but as Simon said the the emphasis is on the children's achievements and their pastoral care and the impact that we as teachers and as a school have upon them and, and to be doubly excellent which is uh, what they call it these days and the senior school got it too I think that's that's it's impressive in any context but when you're just coming out of a pandemic when in many ways you, your staff are tired and you're needing to really 
g them up again for for something really big and really important that's going to say something really really massive about us going forward it was really important that we got that right and it was great to be judged that way so you mentioned doubly excellent there that's the that's the top rating that's achieved by a school that's that's performing well yes that's right excellent and it, that's the rating for both parts of the school the prep and the senior school we get inspected separately so we had separate inspection teams there are different inspection reports but they both make wonderful reading and i'm sure simon would agree that when we as the prep school management team was sat there listening to the inspectors talk about what they'd experienced and, and particularly the impression that our children had made on them in so many different ways inside the classroom and outside the classroom it was it was a real proud moment and i would say for me one of the real highlights of the past year i think as well it's been a huge boost for staff um, to see that their efforts and what they're trying to do is having an impact on children or at least is judged to be having an impact on children um, again every school is on a journey no school is perfect uh, and you know it's good that at the point in the journey they came, uh, they felt that we'd, we we were doing enough to meet those criteria. Excellent. Brilliant. Um, do you find that parents hold a lot of store in the uh, in the results of these inspections? How important are these results to parents who are, who are choosing schools? I think they know we're good. Uh, the parents who are here already, they know we're excellent. Uh, so it's no surprise to them. At the same time, I'm sure it's heartwarming to read some of the things that they, the, the inspectors have seen in, in classrooms, specific things that groups of children have been involved in um, that parents are already proud of. But certainly, yeah, for prospective parents, if you read a report that's as glowing as the one that we've received, that we're already very oversubscribed, but that's that's only going to encourage people to want to come here and experience everything that a Bancroft's education can give you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think they are on one level just a very useful benchmark to put us in a context nationally, and I think that it's very important that we're held to external scrutiny uh, from time to time, uh, and again appropriately and. You know, in that sense, it is an external validation for what we're doing. And therefore, I think for parents, that's a very important thing with they're trying to choose between different schools. Having said that, they are only a sort of a, a sort of taking the temperature at a certain point. They don't tell you everything you need to know about a school. Um, and therefore, I would say parents always have to take them with a pinch of salt. Uh, and I would always say what I want parents to do is to come and to speak to our pupils and to meet them mm. and to come and look around the school uh, and get a feel for it. I think as well, we live in a, a society where there's this implication there's infinite choice. I think when it comes to choosing schools, I think where you live is largely going to determine um, the choice. It always boils down to a few that are most convenient. And I think it's something that both Joe, Joe and I feel is we are, we, we are a local school. And what local means is we don't want pupils to spend hours traveling here because that will, and then having to travel home again for hours, uh, because that will simply mean they won't be able to take full advantage of all the different things uh, that we offer here. And I think in that sense, what, what's important for both of us is that parents in our local community feel that in Bancroft there's a choice for them that has been externally validated. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. 
absolutely good news in the context of a, a wider impression given by, as you say, conversations that parents can have with teachers, with pupils to, to help them understand the opportunities there. Wonderful. So we've talked about this sort of thing. We took uh, a look at the, the, the dramatic life at the school. Can we mention sport now? How's the, the sporting life of the school been over the last academic year? Well, being able to do fixtures again is, is massively important to, to test yourself against other schools, but not just test yourself against other schools just the enjoyment mm. of competitive fixtures has been really important and one of the things that that is really big for us is that we have a teams b teams c teams d teams we have whole year groups going out on fixtures so everybody gets to play everybody gets to play at a particular level that works for them and and, and to get that enjoyment and i think you know sending people off on buses welcoming other schools to to our place again it's all part of getting your school back to where you want it to be so again that sort of aspect of community and interaction that was mentioned earlier in in the sporting life of the school you're seeing that 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 return to normality as well the ability to travel go around interact meet other schools compete with other schools that sounds like it's quite valuable absolutely simon what are your perspectives on the, the, the sporting side of things at the moment yeah i would echo that from joe i think one of the challenges though is that for a number of children and a number of families and um, particularly families where there were vulnerable vulnerable members of the families, um, activity has been severely restricted. Mm. And so I would sort of broaden it out and say, yes, it's been great to see fixtures taking place and children, again, can play with different year groups, which is so essential when it comes to sport in our sixth form, mm. that they can play into, into year groups. Um, but as well as that, to be able to go off on the Duke of Edinburgh expeditions, um, to go, you know, to go off camping together, you know, to be able to go off in residentials, um, and actually to get moving again. You know, I think the pandemic was a time when for certain types of people who are very disciplined about exercise, they they probably in some respects did more exercise. You know, there were some pupils who, you know, got very attracted by fitness trackers and got into, you know, Peloton and things like that. Um, but undoubtedly there were some children who, you know, due to family circumstances were possibly in areas without close access to a park where the amount of exercise and activity they could do was severely restricted. So I do think that's a, a longer term challenge for us, really getting children back out, getting them moving um, and really focusing on the value of physical activity, um, particularly for us in the senior school when, you know, the whole narrative is about, you know, what lessons you haven't had and what learning you might have missed. I think people often forget that, going for a run or going for a cycle ride or doing a gym session or a yoga session can be just as an important component of revision mm. as actually leafing through and making notes. I see. Uh, the, yeah. the relationship between the body and, and, and the mind is, is so, you know, it's the same thing. And I just don't think you can revise and work as effectively if you haven't actually um, got your body working properly. I think that's a really valuable point you make there alongside the, the value of, of, of school sport in the traditional competitive or semi-competitive sense. A reminder there, Simon, of, of yeah, just the value of activity, as you say, of, of, of activity, of the outdoors, of interaction and, and, and getting back into that and getting back into children, having that sort of freedom to, to have adventures. That sounds important. 
Now, you mentioned residentials. Tell me more about that. What sort of residentials go on within the life of the school? Well, we kick off our year every year with our year four children who, who are properly embedded into the school by that point, going off on, a, on an activity holiday, a residential trip. Many of them have never been away uh, from home before. And it's a, it's a brilliant bonding experience. It's lots of activities. I mean, they feel very challenging. Of course, they're, they're all uh, managed in a really safe way, but they're abseiling, they're, they're climbing walls, they're, they're doing problem solving activities together uh, and we do this at the beginning of every year and it means that the children I always go on this trip it's a great way for me to get to know a whole year group better and we always do that with year four now year five missed it the current year fives missed it uh, because of the pandemic and we thought we can't have that we can't have them miss out on something that that whenever they look back on their time in the prep school, they say that was really important. We were quite young when we went away at that time, but it, it really stuck with us and, and we, we grew a lot and we took a lot from it. So, so we actually ran two residential trips. We ran the same trip that they missed right. um, at the beginning of, their, of, of year five for them. So we had two trips out back-to-back weeks, um, but it was worth it. Good. It was well, well worth it. And I'm glad we did Working that. hard to ensure that no opportunities have been missed and children have had that experience. Whereabouts were these adventures? Where did this happen? So we go down to uh, PGL in Hindhead out in Surrey. It's a beautiful area, lovely woods um, for them to, uh, to to spend time in as, as, as well as all the activities that are, that are set up for them there. Um, but yeah, just the, uh, the staying away from home as well, I think is important. Um, they don't get an awful lot of sleep on the first night. Um, second night, they're a bit more tired. Uh, day three, uh, they come back home again. But it's 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 a real life experience for them, and uh, we're really pleased to be able to do that again. Wonderful. And Simon, in the the senior part of the school, what sort of format have residential trips taken there? Well, we always running residential for our new um, new thirds, uh, which is the year seven entry, and that is at Hindleap Warren, a similar similar setup to, to the one at Hindhead, a sort of outdoor activity centre in Kent, um, in amongst the, the oak trees. Um, it's a very pleasant environment. Um, they can do lots of sort of running around, problem-solving games, team-building games, um, and then obviously they, they stay a couple of nights. It's a brilliant way uh, for children who've just joined the school to get to know those who've come up from the prep. So it's a vital part of the process of socialisation and induction uh, to life at the senior school. Um, we were able to do it for our new thirds this year, but we couldn't do it for the thirds last year. So we, exactly the same as Joe, were very conscious we needed to run something for them. So a couple of weeks ago, we set up camp uh, down in Debden, um, in the further reaches of Epping Forest. Uh, and there were two nights, uh, again, uh, as Joe says, um, first night, not nobody really sleeps very well. Second night, <laughs> really signif- sure. significantly better sleep as a result. Uh, but it was great to see that year group that had missed that experience. And as a year group, you know, they were the ones that missed their last, the whole of their last term at primary school. They were the ones that couldn't socialise with children from any other group and couldn't really feel part of the school. So that was a really great thing for them to do. Again, we're beginning to get school trips up and running. You know, I've talked about Duke of Edinburgh. We've had CCF Adventurous Training. We're now at the point where we could start planning for pupils to go abroad again. And that's that's really exciting. So next year, we're already playing sports trips. We've got modern languages trips. Uh, we've got exchange, we hope, with our school in Bavaria. There's loads of different things and cultural trips. So I think by next year, we should have, you know, 
pupils back to the excitements of going off together you know, to a different country to encounter different food in a different language and all the different adventures that, that ensue. Do you know what the points you're both making? It's interesting that they echo conversations we've had here on the podcast with with pupils who've told us, yes, we know academia is important. We know our school has has high standards when it comes to academia, but there's more to this school than that. There are the adventures, the relationships, the communications, the, the challenges that don't necessarily exist within a school book. It fits to hear the both of you outlining this in a way that was sort of a point that was first made to us by the pupils themselves. I mean, as Joe said, you know, much as the parents will remember the performance of Matilda, so will the kids. But they they will remember uh, the night that it poured with rain in Snowdonia <laughs> when they realised that they'd set up their tent in the wrong place and they, they had a small rivulet going through the centre of it uh, about two in the morning and therefore had to relocate. Wonderful. You never forget those experiences. But also what you learn from that and how you adapt to those sort of minor calamities um, are again an absolutely valuable part of, you know, learning to become independent, learning to deal with adversity and learning to laugh at it as well. Of course. I'm sure as you said those words, any adult listening to this will be conjuring up their own memories of that situation or very similar situations. It absolutely resounds. They're the things we remember. So looking back at the year, it sounds like it's been busy, but successful and, and this positive bounce back to, 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 as Joe said, getting your school back. Let's look forward that the summer holidays beckon. What do the summer holidays look like for the pupils and the staff of Bancroft's? Well, the fact they can travel, that, that, that's so important. And there's been a real pent up desire to get overseas. And for us, we the way we teach modern foreign languages in the prep school is all about celebrating all languages, any language uh, that you may have as part of your heritage or any language that you've got any kind of connection with. So we teach specific languages, but we, we celebrate all language learning and particularly the ability to speak it, to not be embarrassed, to, to not worry if you're uh, if you're just kind of steamrolling someone in, uh, in, in, in pidgin French or pidgin German, just doing it, just doing it and being confident to do it. So the fact that people can go abroad and, and from our side, uh, the fact that they can start speaking languages again, that perhaps they're, they're learning in school, I think is, is massively important. But I think they also need a break. Yeah. And I think the thing is they've worked hard this year, incredibly hard, our children. And I think some of them will, will really enjoy just doing nothing. Of course. Uh, some of them will enjoy the kind of sense that the holidays are stretching way ahead of them. And some of them will be very, very active. And some of them will be lucky enough uh, to go to some amazing places around the world. And we look forward to hearing the tales uh, that they're going to tell when they come back from that. I'm sure. And Simon, in the senior school, what's the perspective on the approaching summer holidays? Well, very much like Joe, um, I think it's good for children to have a complete break. I'm I'm not a great advocate of children, you know, endlessly revising stuff over a summer. I, I do think uh, the long summer holiday is a huge, I suppose you could say a luxury. We do get longer holidays in schools like ours. Um, and I hope that parents and children plan them wisely. I think unstructured time is really important as, you know, as people have talked about the value uh, to some extent of boredom, um, you know, there's this whole idea that, you know, the devil makes work for idle hands, uh, but at the same time, a huge amount of creativity uh, and actual development of hobbies and passions comes from being able to find things that interest you. Um, and I think that's a really important thing. A lot of parents want to control everything about their child as if, you know, you've got to go from structured time to structured time 
and it's somehow all got to be meaningful. Um, a lot of meaningful thoughts can come in very idle and strange ways. So I think I would like to build in some unstructured time. Obviously, I'd, I'd ho hope everyone can have a holiday if they can. I'm conscious that for many parents, though, um, with the cost of living at the moment, that's not going to be possible for all our parents. Uh, and therefore, for some of our children, it's making the most of where they live. And I think we are very lucky uh, in that London does offer a huge number of different amazing activities and opportunities and cultural sort of festivals, um, which are for free. And it's something that I'm continually urging parents and pupils just to take advantage. We live in just in, or in many cases, close proximity to one of the greatest cities in the world. And it's a great, you know, just, we, maybe the tube isn't the most wonderful place on a hot day. But it's another adventure, isn't it? It's another opportunity. There are canals to walk along. Of there course. are great markets to see. There are amazing museums and exhibitions and galleries and free concerts. So I hope... Um, a lot of our pupils, when they are around London, um, will make full use of it. Uh, and as well, just Epping Forest. You know, anyone who lives around here has one of the greatest resources um, in East London. It's been preserved for East Londoners in perpetuity. And actually going walking, running, cycling, exploring in Epping Forest, I think is a wonderful thing too. So... I just want them to make full use of what's there for free. Your location gives you the best of both worlds, doesn't it? You can look in one direction and see greenery. You look in the other, you see, as you said, the, the greatest city in the, on the planet. W what a brilliant position. And then, of course, no sooner will the summer holidays start, they will, of course, inevitably come to an end and we'll be oh, into the next say that. academic <laughs> Don't remind us of that. <laughs> Briefly, maybe, just looking ahead, just glimpsing uh, the future academic year 22-23, maybe just briefly, what are you looking forward to as the highlights or the opportunities that, that, that are waiting for you come September and beyond? Well, for us, we just always want to try new things. I mean, what's wonderful about the prep school is that the parents have got a great deal of trust in us. They, they, they let us try all sorts of new initiatives. So, so for this year, for example, as I mentioned when I spoke to you last time, Clive, outdoor learning is something that's that's been on the, uh, the, the, the timetable this year. And we've taken children off site to a, an outdoor learning centre every week so that they can light fires and, and, and plant trees and, and, and work with animals and do all the things that, that can happen there that perhaps broaden their, their life experiences. So we're looking to maintain. We're looking to, to do the things that we do already and um, we're looking for new initiatives so I don't want to frighten the parents at this stage with all the new initiatives that we're planning for next year but there will be lots of new things that we want to do I mean we are a school that love our traditions we love to respect our traditions but we do like trying new things as well so there'll be there'll be new things for uh, for, for the new year when uh, when it comes but like Simon I don't want to wish it away just yet. Simon if you can bear to look that far ahead what, what are you looking forward to what opportunities are on the horizon? Well every year we're joining by new pupils and it's meeting them and integrating them and welcome sort of, I suppose welcoming them to life at Bancrofts and hoping that they settle in very quickly that they make new friends uh, that they become part of our community so that's one of the excitements as, along with the fact that pupils invariably in senior school will come back um, significantly older than when they left it's remarkable the amount that children can sometimes change over a summer. So you, you always have a, an entirely new set of pupils to deal with. Uh, and therefore, a new year is always, always has that sort of sense of excitement and novelty to it uh, as the whole school community adjusts to change. And pupils will 
at each stage have that excitement of new challenges, new subjects, um, different subjects and different opportunities. Um, and that's the great joy of our job is just seeing children grow up uh, and hoping that they can take full advantage of all the opportunities that we provide. Absolutely. I've really enjoyed chatting to both of you about, you mentioned adjusting to change there, Simon. We've been reflecting on that adjustment and those changes over the last year or so. And it's clear that change will not stop, adjustment won't stop, and the life of the school will carry on for the, what remains of this academic year through the summer and into the future. Simon Marshall, head at Bancroft School, and Joe Leyburn, head of Bancroft's Prep School. You've both been really helpful helping us understand a little bit about how the school sits at the moment, what the last year has meant for the school and what lies in the future. Thank you both so much for joining us. Welcome. Pleasure. As heads of Bancroft Senior and Prep Schools, Simon Marshall and Joe Leyburn helped us there look back at a year of recovery, community, adventure and success at Bancroft's. They reminded us of what's really important and how they can best support the learning and the lives of the children in their care. That's it for this episode. To find out more, check out the school website, bancrofts.org. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. So in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now. <laughs>